Welcome to the Project Underdog Podcast, a podcast with the mission of inspiring, strengthening, and empowering the underdogs of the world. What is up, everybody? It's your boy C.T. Strange here with Project Underdog Podcast. If it is your first time listening to me, I am stoked to have you, and thank you for tuning in. Um, I do want to say that you know, in the internet age, there are a shit ton of phony gurus and fake experts out there. Um, I want to let you know that I am not one of them. Just like the podcast details, I am a an underdog as well. I came from shit. Just a little background on me. I'm a 38-year-old man that got his life together over the past 10 years, basically. Um, I grew up poor, fatherless home. My father left my mother and my sister when I was a few months old. My mother worked as a lunch lady, and my stepfather worked as a janitor at the same elementary school. Oh, man, Um, I endured a lot of different abuse growing up, mental, emotional, physical, sexual. I I had a plethora of of bad shit there. Not to say that others didn't have it way worse than me, because I know several that did. Um, But as a result of all that abuse, I really got into doing a lot of drugs, drinking, all that good stuff. By 19, I was smoking the shit out of methamphetamine. Um, Not good. Uh, When I was 20 years old, my best friend was murdered, which I blame myself for and and still kind of do to this day a little bit there. Uh, 24, I attempted suicide, ended up in the hospital. They had to pump my stomach. Social worker came in and told me I would never see my daughter again and was then escorted to the local halfway house by a county sheriff. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. Everything that I'm telling you guys comes from a very sincere place. I didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, but shortly after that, that poor experience there where I tried taking my own life, I met my first mentor. It was a man that believed in me more than I believed in myself. And since then, my life has forever changed. Now, granted, it was a shit ton of work after the fact, but it, it was it was because of, of Jimmy, that general manager at the Rush Fitness Complex, that gave me an opportunity that changed my life forever. And so that's uh, that's the purpose of this podcast. Well, since then, so fast forward 14 years later, uh, I am a business owner. My wife and I own a seven-figure income-producing business. I write books. I compete in bodybuilding competitions. I write, record, and perform music. I work for myself and do whatever the fuck that I want, and I live an awesome life. Um, It's a miracle that everything played out the way that it did for me, and I I am so utterly grateful for it. And that's the purpose of this podcast is to to inspire young guys and and young females out there that didn't really have a snowball's chance in hell to ever be successful, that um, maybe nobody believes in you. Maybe you come from a bad family. Maybe you've made a shit ton of bad decisions in your life, and the the deck is not really stacked in your favor. Well, listen, motherfucker, I'm just like you, man. No fucking better. If I can do it, if I can live a great life and be a millionaire and have a beautiful wife and and good relationships, great relationships, then you can too. So I I don't say any of that stuff about me to to gloat, to brag, or to even really talk about myself because it's really fucking uncomfortable. I just want you guys to know the words that I am saying come from a very real, a very sincere place, 
and this is all personal trial and tribulation. What what has worked for me may not work for you, and that's cool. Uh, but I do want to share what has happened and how I got to the next level in my life. So maybe it helps you guys too and inspire you to believe in yourself because God damn it, I believe in you. We're all capable of great things. So what I wanted to talk about, and I've got a few notes here in front of me just so I keep track of what the fuck I'm doing. What I wanted to talk about today is where to start when you have absolutely nothing. Fucking ground zero. You've lost fucking everything and you have to rebuild your life from nothing. Where do you go? So I would like to tell a story. So you guys heard the the whole lead up there to to me trying to take my own life. And that was in 2009. Shortly after it was that summer is when I met Jimmy Dillman, who was my general manager at the Rush Fitness Complex. He took me in, saw something in me, and uh, he was rough on me, man. He was he was tough on me, gave me a lot of tough love, tough love that I needed. And so that's really where all the catalyst was with my personal growth and development and the idea that I could be something better than what I had been. So fast forward a couple of years, this is 2011, okay? I'm living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, working at a commercial landscaping company. I was managing the damn thing. I couldn't start a lawnmower, but uh, turns out I was a pretty good manager. The owner of the company, he was a drug addict, and so he just let me run it. Um, unfortunately, he actually passed away several years ago at 32 years old from um, from a drug overdose, not intentional either, left his daughter and his wife behind. Extremely sad, but that just goes to show that I'm not making this shit up. I was running this guy's company that was addicted to pills, and it was great life experience for me, but I wasn't making dick. So anyway, I'm working for Turf Builders, running the landscaping department, getting dudes to mow lawns, yada, yada, making sure everybody's doing their stuff. Well, my daughter had just turned three at the time, and she lived in Kentucky with her mother. I was dealing with a lot of guilt at the time for not being there for her physically at a time that I needed to be. And there was really nothing in Chattanooga that was keeping me there. So it was time for me to move back to Kentucky. The problem was I didn't have shit. I was broke as fuck. I'm not educated. I've never been to college. So what the hell was I to do? So I had to start from fucking nothing once again. So at least this time I had a little bit of self-belief at this point and a little bit of resilience and knew if I put my head to it that I could, uh, I could make some shit happen. So I pack up my shit in the middle of the night, break my lease, don't tell the landlord until after I'm gone, pack what little belongings that I have up in my Jeep, take off north back to Kentucky. So I did have a friend, a childhood friend, that allowed me to crash on his couch for a month or two until I got on my feet. He lived in a one-bedroom apartment with him and his uh, live-in girlfriend, it was a new relationship, so they were all fucking lovey-dovey. So I was the third wheel just crashing on this fucking guy's couch. Uh, he was also kind enough to get me a job at Applebee's. Uh, I was serving tables at 30, excuse me, at 26 years old, serving tables at Applebee's. It was, uh, it was pretty demeaning for me. Now, not to say if you're serving tables at Applebee's, there's anything wrong with it. It just wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. So I had moved back staying on his couch, working at Applebee's, and I let the mother of my daughter know. Uh, she said, I heard you move back. Well, yes, I did move back. 
well, where are you working at? I said, well, I'm waiting tables at Applebee's. I'll never forget what she said, the, the way she said it and, and what she said. She said, you are such a fucking loser. Are you serious? Oh, my God, you are such a fucking loser. Um, I can smile about it now, but uh, at the time, it, it bothered me. It, um, I, I broke down. I, I certainly did feel like a fucking loser. Of course, I was still paying child support. I've never, I've never fucked up there, but I, I certainly did feel like a huge fucking loser being 26 years old, having to work at Applebee's to, to make ends meet and crashing on my buddy's couch. So uh, it was a rough time. So I had fucking nothing, had nothing, no, no true job prospects. I had a couch to sleep on. I had the clothes on my back, my Jeep and a job at Applebee's. So what the fuck was I going to do? So with little resources, and and this, this applies to, to how I, I currently live and have always lived since I've started trying to do better for myself. Every day I would get up, I would write down what the fuck I had to get done. I would write down my goals. I would write down what I want. And I would write down the tasks of what it would take to get the fuck to where I wanted to be. And this notebook stayed with me. Fuck, here's, here's, here's the one I've got right now. I write in this thing every day, man. You can see. Check this out. If you guys are watching the fucking, don't want papers to fall out of there. But every day, I'll write my tasks. And I'll highlight off everything that I need to get done. Many times I'll just write out my goals or different thoughts that I have, whatever else. But this is my um, this is my compass into my life of where the fuck I'm going to go. I didn't know having nothing and wanting to go somewhere and wanting to be somebody that I had to know where the fuck I wanted to go. You know, I couldn't leave it up to chance. I see a lot of motherfuckers leave shit up to chance and look at them. You probably know some people that are like this. It's no way to live. So I didn't have any fucking money. Didn't have any prospects. So I focused, figured out what the fuck it is I needed to do, wrote that shit down every day, even sometimes multiple times a day. All right, so what was next? Well, I got my fucking fitness in check. I didn't have money for a gym membership, so I worked out outside. There was a nearby park. I would run there, do calisthenics on the monkey bars, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, all that good shit, and I would run back as my form of cardio. So got my workout in. With my diet, I would buy canned tuna fish. It was like 65 cents a can at the time. This was back in 2011. I was eating six cans of tuna fish a day and dry oatmeal. You could buy the big-ass containers of oatmeal for like a few bucks. It's still cheap as hell. But I would put the dry oatmeal in there with two cans of tuna fish, and that was dinner. And my buddy, he had this huge industrial-sized bottle of uh, uh, fucking... Hot sauce, like the, like the stuff, the shit, the, the tapatio, whatever they keep at the Mexican restaurants, right? Big industrial sized bottle. And I would throw that shit in there with a the dry oatmeal and the tuna fish to make it palatable. And I would choke it down. So it was cheap. It kept me feeling good. It kept me looking good. And actually, from my time spent at Turf Builders, I had gotten quite soft. I, w- I was uh, getting a little fat and squishy because I had gotten off my game. So I, I did know that if I could get my fitness in check, that I would look better, I would have more confidence, I would be more resilient, I would perform better, which would ultimately lead to more opportunities. And the vision that I had for myself at the time was to get a job in health and fitness, something commission-based. 
I know working in hourly wages for fucking suckers. At least it was to me. No, no judgment passed to you if you work an hourly job. But I knew, especially with, with very little education, if I didn't find a job where I was rewarded for my efforts and my results, I wasn't going to make shit. The best I could do is work at a local factory, and that wasn't the life for me. So I knew what I wanted. I wanted to work at a health club where I was selling personal training, selling gym memberships, and I was making commissions off that because I knew I could make some money that way. It's awesome. I, I love working in health clubs. You always had to be in a good mood. You were surrounded by beautiful women. It's fucking awesome. I love it. If I fell on my ass uh, today, that's probably where I would go. I, I love the health clubs. It's great. I may be an old man someday retiring, quote unquote, and go work at a health club. You'll see my old ass there closing people on huge packages of personal training. So that, that is what I wanted. I wanted to find a great job, start my career in health and fitness once again, and I wanted to flourish, wanted to make a shit ton of money, wanted my own apartment, wanted my own house, wanted to be an example to my daughter, wanted to be the best that I could. So I got my fitness in check. I wrote down everything that I needed to do every day along with my goals, know where the fuck I was goddamn going. I would get up early. I would wake up before the fucking sun came up. I would beat the goddamn day. I would make a list of the businesses that I wanted to talk to, that I wanted to go see, to see if there was potential for, uh, for employment. So, And that's what I did, man. And when I wasn't training or working at Applebee's, I was on my goddamn grind to find a new place of employment. So didn't have any money, like I said. So I needed a place to work out. The, the outdoor workouts were great and all. But I needed the iron. I needed to get back under the, the inclined bench. You know what I'm saying? So if I had a job at a health club, even if it wasn't that grandiose opportunity that I had in mind, at least I could have a free gym membership. So put on the only nice pair of clothes that I had, nice set of clothes, and the only nice pair of shoes that I had that an ex-girlfriend had bought me a few months ago. And I went from health club to health club until I found somebody that hired me for the juice bar. So I would make protein shakes, I would vacuum up bullshit, I would clean down equipment, and I would test the pool water every couple of hours at Total Fitness Connection in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So um, shout out to those guys. They even gave me a week's worth of free passes before my background check came back. So uh, shout out to Mo. Thank you, Mo. I do appreciate that. That was a solid move on your part, brother. So th this life went on for a couple of months. I would say within about six weeks, I had saved up enough money to get my own apartment. I, even though it stunk like hell and was next to the police station, it was at least it was my own place. I, I could not bring myself to have my daughter come and stay with me at Ryan's house, my friend's house, because it was utterly embarrassing to show my daughter where her dad lives and where he stays and that he doesn't have a bedroom. Sometimes he has to sleep on the couch. Sometimes he goes and sleeps in the floor because Ryan and his girlfriend are still in their honeymoon phase and want to stay awake till two and three in the morning. So um, it, it was just extremely embarrassing. But that pain was good. That pain was fucking killer. Uh, that, that, that pain motivated me, man. That, that pain pushed me, and it was, it was A-OK -okay with me. 
And in hindsight, I'm very happy, very grateful for, for these times, these hard times. So six weeks rolls around. I have enough money to get my own stinking ass apartment by the police station. And I did. And so now when I have my daughter, she can come back to dad's house. Even though it kind of stinks, at least it's mine, motherfucker. And I can at least be proud of that. So I'm still actively looking for opportunity at this time. Actively fucking looking. Well, by chance, there was a new health club uh, opening up in town. Work out any time. So uh, I walk my happy ass in there in my only nice set of clothes that I must have worn shit five days a week looking for a job. These guys were tired of seeing me dress in the same clothes, but guess it wasn't the same people, right? So I walk into work at any time. They were in pre-sales. The gym had not yet opened. Told them what I was looking for. I had my nice resume that I had printed from Ryan's house. I had a stack of them motherfuckers. They just, just waiting, waiting for that opportunity. So I gave Dale at the time was a gentleman that that owned and operated the health club. I gave him my resume and told him the opportunity that I was seeking out. And he said, actually, we are looking for somebody to take control of our personal training department. Here is the number of the gentleman that is in charge of that. His name was Bill. Thank you, Dale. We'll see you soon. And, and I did see Dale soon. Saw him for a long time after that. So as I had left, I gave Bill a call. Hey, Bill, Taylor Strange here in Bowling Green, Kentucky, was inquiring about the fitness director position that you guys have at work at any time. He said, oh, yeah. And he broke everything down. And that position was exactly what I was looking for. They needed somebody with a sales background that, that lived for fitness and had managerial experience. Check, check, and fucking check. It was exactly what I was looking for. Um, I mean, it, it gives me goosebumps. It makes me choke up right now thinking about it, man, because it was exactly what I'd wanted for my fucking self. And so I talked to Bill for a short period of time, and we made arrangements for an interview the following week. So the next week rolls around, and I'm putting on the same fucking shirt and pants, man. Uh, by then, I probably could afford a, could have afforded a new outfit. So that, that was an excuse at this point. Applebee's was paying me enough for a nice shirt. So I go to the Drury Inn to meet with Bill and his business partner, Marcus. These guys were a, a contracted company that they had formed that goes from health club to health club to help get their personal training departments up and running. So that's what they were doing in Bowling Green. So I went to my interview, and man, my mojo was off, son. Um, I, I was nervous. I was scared. I knew there was so much riding on this opportunity. It, it, it scared me very much. I, I did my best not to show it. And I even told them after the fact that I didn't feel as though I did a, did a, did a good job at it. After the fact. I did the best I could to muster up as much courage as humanly possible. So interviews go as interviews go, right? Ask all the normal questions, talk about my experience, my goals, what I'm looking to achieve, yada, yada. They said, we'll give you a call in a week if you're the, if you're the candidate. We still have more people to interview. That next week was a very long week. They did not call. I believe about eight, nine days went by and still no call. So I sent them an email. Hey, guys, it's Taylor Strange here. Just wanted to follow up about the job in Bowling Green. And they informed me that they had not yet made a decision, which was good. It was a relief to me. And they would let me know something soon. 
so I was still holding out hope at this point. Although it was looking bleak, I, like I said, I didn't feel as though I did a very good job at it. Um, anyway, it was a couple of nights later, I was working at Applebee's. I had stepped outside to take a break. It, it, this was fall time now. I had moved in August, and, and now it was the, the end of October. I had gotten a call from an Atlanta number that I did not recognize. I said, hello. Taylor, this is Bill. Oh, hey, Bill, how you doing? It's a guy, right? Oh, I'm doing well. I just wanted to call our newest fitness director. I said, I got the job? He said, you got the job. It, 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 it's still surreal to me, man. I came from so fucking little with so little goddamn fucking hope to have exactly what the fuck I was looking for. I got it. I fucking got it. So we discussed the details there briefly, right? We made arrangements for my onboarding and I hung the phone up and I screamed ah, from the top of my fucking lungs and goddamn triumph and accomplishment and fucking pride and goddamn gratitude, man. I'd done it. I fucking done it, man. And that, you know, that that job, I ended up making like sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year. And that was back in fucking 2011. So that was good money. Um, but I did it. I, I didn't have to go back and work at a factory, man. I, I didn't have to play by somebody else's fucking rules. I didn't have shit. And I created shit from fucking nothing. And how did I do that, man? I knew what the fuck I goddamn wanted. And I went to work every single fucking day. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do fucking drugs. I went to bed early and I woke up early and I was fucking goddamn focused. If my actions were not conducive to getting me to that goddamn goal, I didn't have fucking time for it. There was no grab assing. There were no fucking friends. There was no bullshit, no goddamn video games, nothing. There was no distractions. I had my mind on one goddamn thing, and that was to build a life that I and my daughter could be fucking proud of on my terms, on my goddamn terms. And I got it. And it's... uh. I am so fucking grateful for that, man. It, it, in hindsight, I, I suppose it was a rite of passage for me, right? That I had to endure that. And I know may, me talking to you right here, it may not sound like it was, it, it was all that hard. And maybe in the grand, grand scheme of things, it wasn't all that hard. But for the shame that I felt for, for not being able to give to my daughter the way I wanted to, to be 26 years old, and still waiting tables at Applebee's while people around me were doing so much better and, and had a career and a family and people that cared about them that they could take pride in. And I had nothing. It hurt, man. But that pain was good. And I'm very happy and I'm very grateful for that pain. Uh, anyway, as a result of this job, a few weeks later, after I had started the position, which I crushed, by the way, I fucking killed it. Um, I had that gym. What, what we would do with personal training sales, we would set people up on contracts, whether it's three months, six months, or 12 months. Uh, you got paid off of the total. So it's 12 months all day long, baby. Fitness is for life. You feel me? We getting you for a year. So I'd always get everybody for a year because you fucking need it. And People spend money, and you might as well be spending money with me because I'm going to deliver on what it is that you want. 
and that's a better life, a better looking physique, whatever your motivation is, baby, I got you. So within two or three weeks of us opening up, I had a fitness consultation with the real estate broker that brokered the the building that work at any time had had occupied. His name was Ryan Nolan. And that was the gentleman that got me into real estate. He was my second mentor. I love the guy to fucking death. And and he he took me. I was here when I started in my life, man. I, I was I was less than nothing. Jimmy brought me up to here. Nolan brought me up to here. If I hadn't persisted in those hard times, not only would I not have had the job and the career that I envisioned at the time, I wouldn't be a fucking millionaire now. That time period of having nothing was the most important time in my fucking life, and I didn't even fucking know it. So if you're at rock bottom right now, if you're trying to rebuild your life from nothing, you're just trying to build your life from nothing. This may be the most important time in your life to show up for your fucking self. I can tell you from my personal story, it was for me. Had I not done everything the way that I did and been so consistent and persistent and had a clear vision of what it is that I wanted, I wouldn't be here where I'm at today, man. And my life is fucking good. And I don't mean that with any arrogance. I mean that with a shit ton of gratitude. So if there's anything that I can say to you, if you're building your life from fucking scratch, know where the fuck you want to go. Write it down every day. Write down what you actually want. And write down tasks every day that you must get done to move you closer to that fucking goal. Go to bed early. Wake up early. Be persistent. You know how many goddamn no's I heard during that time? Oh my God. It, it, was, it was so fucking defeating. I would go in and I would tell people what I wanted. Health club after health club. Like, you're overqualified, man. No. Like, get the fuck out of here. No, 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 no. But I kept moving, man. I had no other fucking choice. So if you're willing to hear no and get your teeth knocked in for a while, you got what it takes, man. Know what you want. Go out there and fucking get it and use every resource that you can possible. Between YouTube and the internet, social media, there are so many fucking tools out there for you to acquire the knowledge and the resources that you need to get to your next fucking level. Put fitness above everything else. If your fitness is on point, you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to have more confidence, and it's going to lead to more opportunity. I promise you, had I not prioritized my workouts, I would not be where I'm at today. It's another one for you there, guys. So that's all I got. For those that have listened, I love you. I believe in you. Fucking keep fighting the good goddamn fight. We'll see you soon.